In August 2006, a married and straight young lawyer spent the night at the home of his gay college friend. By morning, he was dead, and the three other people in the house weren't saying a word. My name is Joe Batanz, and for this episode of Murder Tonight, true crime expert Laurie Roggenkamp and I will take a closer look at one of the most bizarre murder cases to rock the Washington, D.C. gay scene. It's the conclusion of the mysterious case of Robert Eric Wan on this episode of Murder Tonight. Hello, everyone. My name is... Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hello. Ahoy. Uh, my name Howdy. is... Howdy. <laughs> hey there. Saw, just saw you standing there. My name is Joe Batan. <laughs> Funny to see you here. <laughs> oh, hello. I didn't expect to see you. Oh, hi. Uh, my name is Joe Batan. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> the, one of the hosts of... Uh, I'm the host. Of Murder Tonight, a true crime show that I do with my true crime expert friend, Ms. Lorian K. Roggenkamp. The, <laughs> the K stands for Sherlock. And it doesn't make any sense. But, hello, I mean, Lori. It, How are you? Killer expert. That oh, could be killer. One. That's what, killer expert. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I have a question for you, and I want you to be honest. Yes. Have you stayed away from researching this? crime yes i have oh you have i have not looked it up in fact i was just gonna ask you because i don't know your title says that it shocked the gay scene Mm -hmm. are you gonna get into why it shocked the gay scene yeah because a bunch of faggots involved (laughs) okay oh that's why okay Mm -hmm. i thought maybe it was like a specific reason Mm -hmm. um but uh but yeah See, Lori uh, was reading the Discord right now, and she saw a joke about her, and then she got super distracted. That's what happened right now. My own true crime no, show. I was just gonna, no, I was trying to think of what I was... I, yeah, no. I To be honest with you, it, it wasn't out of... Um, I think if I had thought about it for more than five seconds, I would have researched it. But mm-hmm. I have had so... My week has been so busy mm-hmm. that I... And I have such ADHD brain that I just haven't, like... As soon as we were done with the podcast, I was like, ooh, I should look that up. Oh, wait, no, I have to finish this lesson plan. Ooh, oh, I should yeah. look at, oh, no, wait, I have to do this. Yeah. Oh, I have to edit a pot. So it's like, you know. So uh, what's funny is uh, we got a lot of feedback. People really liked our show, you know, Murder Tonight. They want to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> we won uh, them over. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, they, I'm gonna, I, I have to close the Discord now because I'm getting distracted. There's a whole Lori show going on there right now, so I have to, I just have to disconnect, or there'll be another murder before the end of the night. <laughs> so, so this is the second half of the episode, and we're gonna do yes. the same thing. I've pre-recorded uh, and tidied up, you know, because the thing with these kinds of, and you would know because you have your own award-winning popular. Uh, yes, crime podcast. That yeah, my it's award winning because my dad said that it's so terrible it should get his own award. <laughs> yeah, award. No, so I don't agree with that, Lori. But what I'll say is no, I I like a uh, bloody podcast. I feel like the reason why it's successful in mm-hmm. in its own way is because of Maria. 
I am not great at, at at research. Maria is, she is a next level at research. She but does. Wait. She tells a story. But here's the deal. There's one thing about research, and then there's putting it into an orderly fashion exactly. that people can understand. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of information, especially in this case, that you have to throw at people, and you have to present it in a way that's digestible. Exactly. That you know what that is my problem is that like I'm very much like. I'm I'm staccato on bullet points and it, it, it doesn't come across. Maria is really great at telling a story. She's really great at presenting the information in a great way. So I, I think, it, I think honestly, I think this is kind of the best of both worlds where you do that. And then also you record it because a big deal with Maria is like, you know, she, we have to work on when not to, when to sort of, you know, chime in and when not to chime in. But because it's recorded, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, so. but I don't know how you I don't know how you and Maria are, but I know you and I. We can start talking about the contents of, you know, Robert Eric Wan's stomach during the autopsy, and then by the end, we're talking about, you know, by the time the tangents are done, we've gone on to the nineteen eighty four gymnastic you know, the Olympic gymnastics with Mary Lou Retton. And we're like, How did we oh, get here? God. And then we don't know what we're talking about and, and then it's all it's all and then people are lost, they don't understand the story. And so, the subsequent SNL skit, where uh, I where he her his her brother was there, remember from uh, what's his face um, Chris Chris Catan uh, played her uh, what are brother. You talking about from the 19, from the Olympics, you're talking about the woman who broke her ankle, right? No, that's Sherry Strug. Oh, Sherry Strug. Uh, I don't know what her name was. Mary Lou Retton was like almost forty years ago. Oh wow! No, never mind. Well, no, yeah, you're right. Um, I, I, why? One question is: Do you have the stomach contents? Do you know mm. what they are? Yes, but I didn't put them in this. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah all right. Um, yeah. and not really, the, the, but the stomach contents are kind of important for like the time of death. But I didn't think that was super relevant. I mean, I could, and that's the thing. What I do is I leave some facts out so I can I can fill them in later. Uh, you know, I just give what as what I feel at the moment is the most relevant information. Now, before, yeah. do you remember the details of the case, Lloyd? Because basically you're playing the audience. Maybe a lot of people don't remember. So the, what I remember essentially from the case was that, um, so this man, Juan, his last name is Juan. I, I don't remember the names, so I'm going to butcher the names, but I can help <clears> you. <throat> mm-hmm. He was, he went to school with uh, a gay man he Juan was a straight man he went yeah. to school with a gay man they were very close they were good friends yes the gay man then was in a thruple relationship with two other men yeah so the a gay marketing trio, genius so the college friend was named joseph price he's the college joseph friend. price that's right then he married he was uh, dating a guy named zaborski victor zaborski to be honest and Victor Zaborski is a marketing manager for the Milk Processors Education Program, the people behind the Got Milk campaign. And then they brought in a third. He's a well, he's a, a a rootless children's book author, a chef, and a massage specialist named Dylan Ward. Yeah, yeah. So the gay trio they were they were pretty chummy with uh, Juan. Robert they Eric were at his yeah yeah they Robert. They were at his wedding. Mm-hmm. Well, just and, just uh, just uh, Zaborski and Price were. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, yeah. so Zaborski, they were at they were at his wedding, and then Robert got a job at a radio station. <laughs> okay, sure. And uh-huh. he uh, he was going in late for some kind of seminar or, or training. Yeah, and he decided that he was going to stay at 
the gay trio's brand new, like, uh, amazing house, mm-hmm. villa, whatever. Sure. Townhome. Um, I think it was. And they, uh, they had him stay. They, he stayed at the townhome. He's, he, um, what, they had a roommate who, woman who lived at the townhome, but she was gone. She mm-hmm. wasn't there. Yeah. Um, the, when Robert was, he was spending the night there. They thought that they heard the woman who was the roommate who had claimed that she, you know, w- was gone. They thought they maybe heard her come back in. Um, and so they didn't really think anything of it. And then they heard kind of like a loud scream. And then all we know now is that 911 got a call that, um, you know, there's somebody had broken in. There had been a, a stabbing and um, Robert Juan was found dead. He had been stabbed in the stomach and um, the three gay men were all in their respective rooms and they were all wearing white, like uh, terry cloth robes. And yeah. they were, had all recently looked like they had showered, yeah. I guess. And they were very, yeah. they were unusually calm for what had to Very say. calm and very quiet. Yeah. All right. Well then that's a pretty good, that's a good memory there, Lori. No, <laughs> I mean it's not that bad. not that not that great. Remember deep. But, oh, there. and then uh, the price guy—he was a lawyer. That was another thing. He was yeah, a lawyer. Price so was a lawyer. Yeah. We so. at the end of the episode, we had thought that maybe the reason why they were so quiet was because Price was like, "Don't say anything to the yeah. cops." All right. Very good. Wow. What, quite the recap from. That's why you're a true crime expert. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Let's let's pick up where we left off. Where we, where we, where we it'll explain where we are. But now we're right after, it's now past midnight of August 2nd going into August 3rd, right here. Murder Tonight, the murder of Robert Eric Wan. Here we go. Robert Eric Wan arrived at GW Hospital at 12.25 a.m. on the morning of August 3rd, 2006, and was pronounced dead on arrival. A subsequent autopsy concluded that three stab wounds penetrated the right lung, heart, and abdomen. Each wound was four to five inches in depth. There were no defensive wounds or signs of struggle, even though Juan lived for at least a minute after the first stab wound. This is where, remember you were talking about the stomach contents? This is where that became, they knew that because of like the strain in his eyes and the stomach, the, the blood mixed with the stomach contents, they knew he lived actually probably a little bit longer than a minute. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, so he, so he was alive, but he wasn't fighting back. Well, well they then knew that he must was, be. Yeah, they knew he was struggling to breathe because of that. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. The autopsy also noted needle puncture marks on Juan's right ankle, left neck, chest, hand, and left elbow forearm. Most of these needle puncture marks did not correspond with any life-saving measures that would have been taken by EMTs on the scene. No drugs were found in Juan's blood, but there wasn't a test for all possible drugs. However, Juan's own semen was found inside his anus and around his genitals. DNA tests confirmed that the semen belonged to Juan alone. Okay, a lot to unpack here, Lori. Wow. Yeah, there were puncture wounds that did not match up with what they would have done to try to save his life. And, I mean, that's very interesting fact. They found semen around his groin and in his anus. Based on what you've heard so far, Detective you, Lori Rockingham. Did they say ankles, too? The ankle was with the puncture wounds. Oh, ankle was the puncture. Okay. Yeah. 
like needle puncture wounds. What do you think? What do you think has happened? You're a detective. You're a noted crime, you know, criminologist, Lori Rogan Kemp. That's what the K stands for. Lorian K. She spells it with a K, like a silly, like a little rascal. But uh, Lori, a criminologist, Rogan Kemp. What do you think is going on here, Lori? Oh, I mean, there's so many things going on mm-hmm. that it's hard to see. Like to me, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. it seems to me like something happened. We don't know what, and the price, the way that he covered it up was he made so many things happen mm-hmm. that it was like, Oh, so you're thinking it's price. It's gotta be price. Yeah. It, it makes it seem like that. Like it makes it seem like the puncture wounds. What do you uh, think the puncture wounds are? Uh, I, I mean, know what the prosecution be. thinks it is, but I, I want to know what you think it is. They're very, very tiny. They're very, very tiny. They're not like knife. They're like needle, I'll say. Needle. I mean, it's got to be some kind of drug. But see, the thing is, is there's just the weird location and this and the amount of. Here's the thing. Like, it, the, this is it almost, in my opinion, um, how like somebody starts to like burns down a house to, to hide a crime. Mm-hmm. It's like they are doing needle marks, semen and stabbing to hide what actually happened. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things is what actually happened, but mm-hmm. it seems like maybe all they're doing all, they did a bunch of extra stuff to throw people off. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cause why would his own semen be in, in his anus? Well, I have a theory behind that, but one I mean, the, yeah. is his dick long enough to go in his butt? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, but one of the things I should have mentioned, I, was, I knew I was going to mention it on the show. Right was that there was a lot of internal bleeding what they discovered in the onsets, but very, very, very little external bleeding, Laurie. Very little. Only mostly internal, you know? As far as... Now, I have a thought, and we'll get to it later. We'll hear more about it, about the puncture wounds. But with the, the anus, the semen in the anus and stuff like that, what I think... Now, and, and I'm only saying this because... And I don't know if Juan's conscious, unconscious during this. At some point, somebody. See, I would go more with the masseuse because what does a masseuse when masseuse when a masseur gives a happy ending? How do they give a happy ending? <gasps> I cracked the case. Do you think Robert was like the masseur was like, "Hey, Robert, do you want a, a massage? I'm a masseuse, right? I'm a, I know the man is a masseur, but he's gay. Let's be honest, masseuse. He's like, "Do you, I, Lord? This just came to me right now." Do you think he was like, "Hey, Robert, I'm I I happen to be," and he activated his prostate. Well, yeah, he started jacking. He started to give him a happy ending. Robert feels awkward, doesn't know what to do, and lets him do it. Maybe he's kind of into it. And then the guy takes his finger, yeah, and starts with the he has the semen from when he's jacking him off. Yeah, and, and he then, starts playing around with his butthole, yes, thinking that maybe yes. he'll be able to get in there. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna learn more about these people too in a second. But well, I was watching a, I was listening to a love line one time where Dr. Drew was talking about how anal is really like, it's not very good because it can cause a lot of internal issues. Hmm. So he, and he was saying that something like he was saying that one thing that's really, really important with anal is like the person, I mean, you know, he said it in a better way, but essentially the person who's getting, who's receiving the anal really has to want to receive it. And it, oh. if it not, then it becomes like, and not even like, 
it's like they have to be very like relaxed and oh because it can cause a lot of internal bleeding let me tell you this i really want it but you know laurie here's what i'm thinking here right i you know you're a criminologist i'm not i'm an amateur so i think what we need to do to prove my theory correct is Uh you need to give me a massage and then start jacking me off and um fucking me with your dainty hands in my anus don't you think because if we really want to crack this case i mean i i can't fight your logic yeah no like Mm -hmm. i i feel like it needs to happen yeah I mean, I got to be honest with you. Neither one of I think we need to make it clear. Neither one of us want to do this. No, I don't want to do this. You're this, right. This, this is, is it's purely scientific. Purely scientific. I, I think I have to fist you. I think I have to fist your butthole. I think you're right. I think you're yeah. right. And just I just really think, just cover my hand with your semen. Yes. And just jam it up your yeah. asshole. And I need to yeah. bring some boy ba- uh, butter, you know, and put it on your hand. Yeah. You know. And what I also would I Say think it lower. I think I need you to put some uh, boy butter and put it on your hand. And then I think what you need to do is um, make like a, once you're inside, this is just for science. Yeah. Then do, you know, like when you do, like you draw on your index finger at eyes and then a mouth and the thumb and you like talk. Yeah. Right here. I think you need to do that and do like a little puppet show inside of me. I do. I do too. Well, here's what I need to do. I need to convene and talk with, with your, butthole yeah. and you talk with your inner inner butthole mm-hmm. your inner anus and i need to see like butthole to butthole like what 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 do they think happened to juan robert juan well i also think there's not because you know we neither one of us wants this to happen so i think in order to to make it not weird yeah if aiden should be nude and like um rubbing your nipple between his thumb and index finger while star is so jacking, hot. Yeah, and star is Jackie. Well, not hot. Sci- well, hot in terms of it's, like scientific it's stuff. Yeah. Very frictiony. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. And then star is like playing with his balls, like in her hand. You know, there's nothing more than I, that I love, than I love than just imagining my girlfriend willing to do work to prove a mm-hmm. point. You know, yeah. like she's just such a go getter. Yeah. So she's many times said, I'll suck a dick. To yeah. prove that this guy murdered somebody. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. People yeah. don't, uh, you know, you know, Law and Order, uh, SVU. Do I know of it? Yeah. Yeah. And what's the intro again? You know it by heart. And the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. And. We are part of, we don't talk about this a lot. We're part of the LA. I don't know if you, okay. I guess you said it. So it's fine. Was I not supposed to? I didn't, I don't think we're supposed to notify people. Okay. Well, you know what? I can edit it out. Okay. I'll just edit it out. I'll just edit it out. All right. Put a beep. Yeah, 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 yeah. They won't know what we're talking about either. But anyway, Lori and I have expertise. But anyway. um, But no, I, can I just say, can I just, because I know we're kind of going down, uh, crazy town but sure. i just i i want to live in a world where yeah. whatever happened with the semen was mm-hmm. consensual like i just want to live in a world where that's the case 
But, like I, I just, I hate to think that that wasn't that part wasn't consensual because then it's just like, okay, now we're just in like a sadistic. Well, I don't know. I don't. I, I actually scenario. really don't think it was. And we'll get to. I think the puncture mark really? has something to do with it. Oh, right. Shit. Let's let's go on. Let's go on. Okay. Here we go. It's just after midnight on August 3rd, 2006. Robert Eric Wan has been dead less than an hour, and detectives are swarming the crime scene, searching for clues. On the first floor, thousands of dollars in electronics, including computers and televisions, are left undisturbed. There's no sign of forced entry. Cadaver dogs discover traces of blood on a drain in the rear stairwell and in the lint filter of the clothes dryer. Detectives also find the water hose in the backyard is uncoiled and the drain cover is slightly open. Later, prosecutors theorize that blood-stained clothing was cleaned off in the backyard and then put in the dryer. All right, what do you think of what they've found so far? I mean, to be honest with you, I, I'm going to just say this as like a PSA. <laughs> if, yes. All right. If uh-huh. you're going to murder somebody and then stage it as a crime, mm-hmm. as a robbery gone wrong, you're going to have to fucking rob your place. Yeah. You know, like you can't just leave like your thousand dollar like electronic shit just yeah. laying around and be like, yeah. oh, they went after my husband. You know, you got to you're going to have to get rid of your shit. Like yeah. that's just kiss your shit goodbye. Yeah. Because so I just think it's so funny that. Not funny, haha, but like just so interesting that that's the way that they chose to go mm-hmm. was that somebody ran in, fucked him up the ass, <laughs> put a bunch of needle marks in him, <laughs> jacked him off, <laughs> and then stabbed him in the stomach. Yeah, just on a whim, you yeah. know, just mm-hmm. on a just a f- flight of fancy. Yeah. yeah, it's just like come on, you know. So yeah, and then also the 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 whole thing about. Yeah, that's super weird, man. Like, I, I legit think that Price, but see, here's the thing is that this, to me, this seems like the mind of a lawyer is this is Price. Price is like, see, the, the way to, to, to get rid of, to get, not be found guilty is not necessarily just totally get rid of the crime and make it, it's to put so many different clues, so many different places that the police don't know where to look. Mm hmm. So that just that's what this is seeming like to me. But I mean, I could be just falling down a random path. Yeah. The puncture marks, I feel like, are probably them trying to, you know, get drugs in him. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. But yeah. the blood makes it seem like there must have been something else going on. But I don't know. So, you know, we talk about that the back door was open. The weird thing is that the back door, that was the back door of the house, but there was also a rear gate <clears throat> that was completely locked. So the back door was open, but the gate was completely locked. We'll come back to this because the um, later on somebody, and we'll learn who, recounts everything you just said and makes sort of the same point you did. Let's continue on with this clip. Here we go. Drug dogs find some ecstasy in the room of Masseuse Ward. The detectives also find various BDSM toys, heavily highlighted BDSM books, and a male milking machine that induces ejaculation. Let me stop right there. The masseuse has BDSM toys. Every gay guy does. Yes. BDSM books with highlighted notes. I love, I, that was my favorite part. Heavily highlighted. <laughs> I want to see those That's notes. That's a like, fucking nerd. I mean, yeah. come on, dude. Like, 
<laughs> that just seems so weird to me. That's like, well, this is a good thing to remember for the future. And yeah. It's just like highlighting the fucking book. Yeah. But don't you think uh, also, though, the milking machine is super interesting and he has like a full on like, I that seems like it would hurt. It's supposed to, I think. Oh, it is? I don't yeah. know BDSM. I think it's well, supposed think we, to like. Yeah. I think, I think it's we, one of those things that like activates the prostate. Yeah. Lori, this is what I think we got to do then. We got to add this to our. <laughs> I mean, it's just science. Yeah, we'll have to get a hold of a milking machine. Yeah, I don't know how to. It seems like you know more about it than I do. So why don't I? I'll I'm gonna, get. Mood. I'm gonna get some uh, some BDSM books and just get a highlighter and just <laughs> go to town. Yeah, and then why don't you? Why don't you actually use that milking machine on me? Like you insert it and you do everything. I'll let you handle. I'll just be nude, and then you okay. can handle it. That's All what right. it sounds like we need to do. I think that it, yeah, I think that'd be, I, I, for some reason, I just feel like and this is just purely scientific. Sure. I'm not trying to say, yeah. again, not sexual in any way. Yeah. I think I should be wearing assless chaps. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. the people, here's why. The masseuse. And nipple clamps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The masseuse, he's in the BDSM. He probably was as well. So you want it to be as, act, like the, the way he would have done it. You got to get in their mind. You got to get, you know, you got to get in their mind. You Mm got to get, you cannot like, we got to feel what they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, How they think. A hundred percent. All right. I agree. Let's finish this clip. Finally, they find a three knife cutlery set in masseuse ward's bedroom. That's missing one four and a half inch knife. Now remember that's important because they found a knife wound that was four to five inches. And now there's a four and a half inch knife missing. From the cutlery set. <clears throat> Doesn't it all just seem a little, I mean, I, I, who knows? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I overthink it. Yeah. But does it all just seem a little too, uh, like simplistic that everything was found in his room? Like every, all this stuff was found in his yeah. room yeah. and not like very throughout the, the townhome, mm-hmm. townhouse. Yeah. I just think it, it just seems a little off. But then again, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's just a freaking moron. And he's just like, I don't know. I just keep whatever. I'm missing yeah. a knife. So what? I have a milking machine. What's the big fucking deal, bro? Yeah. <laughs> whatever. I like I like milk straight from the source. Yeah. Anyway. That's so how it okay. Sounds. So now we've 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 gone through um, three <clears throat> of these clips. We have two to go. Okay. What is your thought process so far? You know, you I'm I'm giving you the details in little pieces, letting you put the pu- the puzzle pieces together. And uh what are you seeing right now? So, okay. There's a couple of different things. Again, I'm getting a very big sense that like something happened and there's a lot of over there's a lot of things that have been overdone to hide that fact, okay? Okay. But I also think that um Another big thing. All right, let me see. I think maybe Robert came over. Sure. All right. Mm-hmm. And we kind of already kind of see that Zaborsk. What is the what is the other guy's name? Zaborski. Zaborski. He's the guy that called nine one one. Was very hysterical. Yeah. yeah. Zaborski and Price are kind of like the main couple. Yeah. The masseuse is Ward is sort of like a tag on right. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were all like, hey, I think Robert could be a good fourth for you. I think Robert oh, I maybe okay. is like 
somebody who you might want to spend time with, or Mm -hmm. maybe Zaborski and and Price were in their room and they're like, we're going to go do our thing. And you, you can stay down here with Robert. And Mm -hmm. so then the masseuse was just like, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to have to hang out with this guy, I'm at least trying to have some fun with it. Mm -hmm. So maybe. So here's the weird thing. A lot of the characters in this are roughly the same age as I am. Okay. And without getting too much information, in college, I had a, and I'm going to make a big leap here. I'm going to be talking, well, I don't think it's ill of the dead, but some people might interpret it. <clears throat> I had a um, very straight fuck buddy in college. Okay. And I'm telling you, this guy was straight. All right. And he is married now with children. There's been no evidence that he's ever hooked up with other guy. But for the entire time we were in college, we hooked up on the reg. We never did anal. It was always me blowing him or giving him a hand job. Okay. And I'm wondering, and I think a lot of guys experiment in college. And I'm wondering if Price and Robert Eric Wan, I'm just wondering, had a similar arrangement. So when he comes over, there's a little bit of uh, maybe for old time's sake, or maybe Price and Zaborski do go to bed, but Price has told um, the masseuse these stories, and he goes, well, Robert Eric Wands down for some for some funny business, and maybe he was. Yeah, I kind of feel like that because the thing, I don't know, the thing that I... I know it sounds weird, but it just seems like I would be fine if they were, if he was single mm-hmm. and was hooking up. But the fact that he's married, I just feel like it would be, yeah. you know, be cheating on his wife. Yeah. And then that, and then that would be a whole other thing. Cause I think if he's going to cheat on his wife, why wouldn't he cheat with a woman? But Unless he was think, actually secretly gay. Here, here's the, here's the question. I'm actually giving some humanity to these people. What if it's a sex thing that goes wrong? Hear me out. Right. And at first, and I'll come back to this once we learn more information. But at first, they were trying to protect his wife, and they didn't want to be like, actually, we were your husband was gay, and uh, we got we were fucking around, and things went wrong, right? Well, I think that they probably didn't want to didn't want it to get because I think as soon as if there was any whiff, as soon as you saw, heard the semen, we heard semen, we thought, oh, it's a gay thing, and it's them. You know what I mean? Like they knew as as close to gay as it gets that they're going to be fingered for it. So to speak. Pun intended. Um, But what I'm trying to say is like, I think that, yeah, I I honestly think that that probably could be it. I think maybe, okay, I'm going to try and say this as small as like with least amount of words as possible. So maybe price and Robert had hooked up in the past. Yeah. Robert and uh Robert goes to spend the night. Mm-hmm. Zaborski and Price are doing their own thing and maybe they mentioned to uh Ward that you know Robert was up for stuff or you know could be up for stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ward suggests to Robert that he give him a massage. Yeah. And trying to you know like get things going. Um maybe at some point you know, he's into it, but then he stops. He doesn't want to do it anymore. And Ward, because he's into more, uh, you know, like creepier stuff or not creepy. Sorry. I don't mean to offend anyone, but Ward is like, um, you know, 
I want to push it further. I want to push it further and starts doing more things and introducing more things that Robert is not comfortable with, but he doesn't know how to say no. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to a point where Robert is now internally bleeding or he's having issues. He's convulsing. He's doing something that is not like he, he can't control himself. The uh, ward tries to do something to stop it. He tries to like inject him with something or help him with something and nothing happens. He calls Price. He calls Zaborski. They both try and and do things to stop and then he dies. So in order to say, in order to stop, um, or, or he's like convulsing or he's doing something where it seems like he's going to die. So in order to make it seem like it wasn't Ward's fault or it wasn't that they decided they're going to just throw a bunch of shit at a wall. They just poke him with a bunch of needles. Um, they stab him a couple of times and then they call the police and say that it's a, it was a, an intruder. Well, let's, let's listen to more because there's some more information, but I think you're kind of, I, I, I like, I can agree with a lot of what you said. I'm thinking because you kind of, I think, you're you're giving me information that makes me go one because at the very end I'll tell you what I initially thought and what I think now I'll tell you, tell you kind of what I think now. What about the idea that uh, the masseuse we're gonna I'm gonna assume it's the masseuse here wanted to fuck him and you said that Doctor Drew said you need to be very relaxed. So the masseuse that's kind of what yeah, yeah who's very into BDSM is like listen I'm gonna give you this muscle relaxer. That's going to really relax. I'm going to puncture it here, here, and here, and you'll be able to take, you know, my dick. And so he was loosening it up with his finger. And then some, maybe, maybe he got started to get some sort of like distress or something like that. Or who knows? But okay, let's, let's listen to more. Let's see if we learn in from more, more information here. Cracking the case. Under questioning, college friend Price relates his version of events. According to college friend Price, he and marketing genius Zaborski had been awakened by the door chime and they think they may have left the back door unlocked. Price thinks that an intruder came through the back door. Both college friend Price and marketing genius Zaborski say they heard three grunts and went downstairs to the guest room. They found Juan's body with the knife in his chest. Marketing genius Zaborski screamed. Masseuse Ward heard the scream and came out of his room. College friend Price shouted for marketing genius Zaborski to call 911, which he did less than a minute later. College friend Price also says he moved the knife, which would explain why his fingerprints are on the knife. I'm going to stop right here for this. Here's what's interesting. I didn't mention it, but it's mentioned a part of it's mentioned, so I want to close it up right here. College friend Price you know, tells the cops, hey, listen, I, uh, I moved the knife. That's why you're going to find my fingerprints on it. They don't actually find his fingerprints on the knife. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, here we go. College friend Price also said he applied the towel to the wound as instructed by the 911 operator. At this point, the masseuse ward began to speak, but college friend Price shot him a look, and Price, the masseuse, shut up. Okay, I'm going to stop right here for a second. We're going to get into some really interesting stuff having to do with the knife. It's very, so it's going to change a lot of what you said, Lori. There's very interesting stuff having to do with, it's actually proving a lot of what you said right, and approving a lot of what you said not to be on the right track. Here we go. The detectives separate the three men and drag them down to headquarters. Later, college friend Price is described as unconcerned, flippant, aggressive, self-centered, and dismissive. Marketing genius Zaborski, meanwhile, is described as very emotional at first, but then became passive and unmotivated to help. 
Finally, Masseuse Price is described as distant, detached, unmoved, patient, and calm. The detectives tried every trick in the book to get some more information out of them, but it didn't work. The three men never wavered from their story. Okay, mistake. They didn't talk about the knife there. They must talk about the next clip. But what you hear there, Lori, what 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 do you what do you got for us there? I just love every trick in the book. They probably were like, did you? Uh, Oh, I I know what the tricks were. I can actually tell you. Those are some things I left out because um, uh, I was like, it's going to be forever. uh, You know, it's going to be forever. So what they did was, uh, let me find it right here. I kind of moved things around so the story was a little bit easier to follow. Um, They basically, what they did, they did the classic tricks in the book. They're in the interrogation room. Uh, like, for instance, they claimed that the other two had fessed up and they were telling a different uh, story, even though they hadn't. But these guys, again, this is lending credence to the idea that Price said, no matter what they tell you, stick, do not change. Stick to that story. Don't say anything, yeah. no matter what lies they tell you. And they, they lied to them and that, that wasn't true. But none of them changed, actually. In fact, what they said happened, I didn't put this in, is. College friend Price said that there was a the reason that the the water and the mist everything in the backyard that there had been a mistake. It a lot of remember because earlier they said there was a shower was flooding. They yeah. said there had been a dinner mishap in the backyard earlier that night, and so a grill caught fire. And so and then um, and I don't know why this is important. They talked about that they had two bottles of of a full bottle of wine between them, and that um, the reason the door may have been unlocked was at a, a certain point college friend price went to the back to go look at a bug that was in the light and forgot to lock the door that's it all right here we go i find it interesting that ward the ward is the one who came out of his room he didn't hear the grunts he didn't hear anything Mm -hmm. he he they had hit the scream of zaborski was the thing that got him out so Mm -hmm. that that i find interesting yeah well or i think he's already in there he's waiting like almost like an agatha christie thing where he goes and he's like what who's screaming all right, Lori, I don't know why. I think I forgot to play a clip. So, let me, okay, here's the clip I forgot to play. The knife has been wiped on its sharp edge. There are cotton threads from a towel on the knife, but the knife is missing the unique blood smear patterns made when a knife used in a crime is wiped down with a towel. Also, Juan had been stabbed through his T-shirt, and there were no cotton fibers from the T-shirt on the knife, and the knife was also missing any blood smear that one would find had the knife been pulled out through the t-shirt. Moreover, the knife had no blood on its cutting edge. Finally, the kitchen towel had a blood splatter pattern that is consistent with having been used to coat the knife with blood from the towel. All three housemates deny wiping the knife down with the towel. Okay, Lori, there's a lot to unpack in that one. What that is essentially saying, I don't know if you get, I know you're a criminologist, but let me tell the audience, is that the way that the knife was wiped wasn't indic- indicative of they'd either that it had been in the body and they wiped it down, but what they had done was that they had taken a knife that had not been used in the murder, took a towel that had the blood on it, and wiped it on the knife to make it seem like that had been the knife, which is kind of what you had said, Lori. Oh, that's interesting. What do you think? Why do you think that? What do you think they were trying to accomplish there? Well, they were trying to the to uh, screw up the evidence. That's what they were trying to do. Yeah, 
clearly the ni- whoever had the knife either a had their fingerprints on it yeah or b it was you know it was the knife from the ward so they had to say you know he had uh it was an, a knife that would be noticed essentially mm-hmm. yeah so yeah they were skirting i mean this to me seems like a good way to you know basically be found not guilty i mean i'm assuming the, uh, just to be all these people are white right yeah okay yeah so if this is like any person of color the police would just arrest them <laughs> yeah. and then sort it out later yeah but <clears throat> since these are white people like <clears throat> you know they're basically like well we gotta play it by the book yeah and a high-powered lawyer at that too you know yeah so i mean yeah i feel like they kind of got away with the crime all right. Oh, that's perfect, Lori. So why don't we do this? I'm going to play the last clip. It tells you everything that happened at the end. All right. Here we go. At Robert Eric Wan's funeral, college friend Joseph Price served as the pallbearer at the request of Wan's wife, Kathy. Nearly two years later, in June 2008, college friend Price sold the house for $1.47 million. He and marketing genius Zaborski moved to a nearby apartment. Meanwhile, Masseuse Ward moved to a house in Florida that the three men had bought together. A few months after the sale of the house, in October 2008, Masseuse Ward was arrested in Florida and charged with obstruction of justice. The prosecutors alleged that Juan had been injected with a paralytic, sexually assaulted, smothered, and then stabbed. The hope on the part of the prosecutors was that Masseuse Ward would flip and cooperate. He never did. I'm going to stop it there for a second. lot to unpack just in that one minute, Lori. One, what do you think of the idea that uh, the wife invited uh, Price to be a pallbearer at the funeral? That's crazy. But she doesn't know at that point. She still thinks, you know. But the, I mean, mm-hmm. well, I guess you're right. We don't know what evidence they released and what evidence they didn't. Mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but I... I'm not trying to blame her. You know, she lived, she did the best she could with what she was given. But I, I feel like no matter what, if somebody I truly loved was killed at somebody else's house, even if there wasn't anything they could have done, I don't know necessarily if I want that person to be a Paul bear. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be like, you know, I think, uh, I think maybe you could stay in the back. That'd be great. Yeah. 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 You're going to sit with me or I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it would be like, but I mean, you know, you can't judge how other people grieve, but it's just interesting. One month later, in November 2008, college friend Price and marketing genius Zaborski were charged with obstruction of justice. They invoked their Fifth Amendment right not to testify in the case. The same month, Kathy Wan filed a $20 million wrongful death suit against all three men. The three men also invoked their Fifth Amendment right and refused to testify in that case. In June 2010, all three men were found not guilty of obstruction of justice, conspiracy, and tampering with evidence. While reading the verdict, the judge stated that she didn't buy the intruder scenario and that all three men knew something about who killed Juan. But- all right, I'm going to stop right there. What do you think of what you just heard right there? They were found not guilty. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, they were found not guilty of obstruction of justice, and yeah. Well, I think it's smart for them to because they didn't have they they probably figured they might get off because I think this comes back later why they still can't talk. But I want to go back to something you said. So when the prosecutors <clears throat> were making their case, one of the things they did right away was dismiss this intruder theory. They said the there's no intruder could have scaled the security fence, happened upon just like oh and look at this is an unlocked back door walked past electronic devices, went up the wooden stairs, past Ward's room to Juan's room, murdered him, cleaned up the scene, and then left in the time frame. Yeah. Uh, they also said that the that they, and which is not shocking, that the knife recovered in the room was not the knife used in the murder. You know, really? We, we, yeah, we know that, right? Yeah. So, so from the, um, from the right. last clip. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Let, let's actually finish this whole thing. And so the judge is like, yeah, I don't buy it, but I can't prosecute you. Let's just finish this up here. Then we'll, we'll, well, again, I'd also like to point out everyone that this is all white people. I'm telling you right now, if this was people of color, they would have been found guilty. Oh, yeah. They would have been a hard trial. Yeah. But there yeah. wasn't enough evidence beyond a reasonable doubt to convict them. In August of white. 2011, the three men settled their civil case with Kathy Wan for an undisclosed amount. Since then, the men have changed their names and returned to private life. So that's the case of Robert Eric Wandler, Laurie. You know, one thing I should mention that that does put another theory out there is two months after the crime, two months after the murder, Price, okay, uh, college friend Price, has a brother who was a phlebotomist. You know what a phlebotomist is? Uh, he deals with like, um, like potions and stuff, right? Well, no, he does like uh, drawing blood and stuff like that. Oh, know? okay. Yeah. And he's also a drug addict. College friend Price's brother is a phlebotomist and a drug addict. He breaks into their house using a key that he has. And um, I think he's arrested for doing that. Um so, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. Price's brother, a phlebotomy student with a substance abuse problem, uses his key to burglarize the house. So that could be it, too, is that maybe the the drug-using brother went there, was doing... Well, yeah, but there was, everything was undisturbed. But maybe he knew where to look. So maybe he wasn't there for to steal stereos. He was there to steal money or something. And he knew where the money yeah. was. And the guy was there and he stabbed him. And then Price. Maybe he was like. Yeah. Maybe he was like. Maybe he, maybe uh, Juan and Robert and, and Ward were like doing their thing. Oh. And he came in and he was like, hey, I need money. And then they kind of like. Robert was like, no, dude, like go away. And then, um, you know, maybe he. I don't know, maybe something happened and then they tried to to cover it up. They just did a bunch of, you know, to like make it so that the brother wasn't found guilty or. Yeah. Or maybe the implication is too that he's a phlebotomy student. He has access to needles. That might explain the puncture wounds. I don't know. It's very, very crazy. Well, he had a paralytic. <laughs> so I think you're right. I think maybe they gave something to him. I mean, it's kind of crazy that, you know. If you think about it, I mean, how how many, how crazy are people towards O.J. Simpson, mm -hmm. you know, for killing Nicole and uh, what's his face? And they're, you know, they're still trying to see 
people still want him to admit and still do. And, you know, you have this case that's like three men or this one man's found dead and it's like nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Um, okay, Lori, any final thoughts on the case? What is your final theory on this case? Now that you've heard all the evidence, everything that happened, what is your final theory? I think that my hope is that it was consensual, but mm-hmm. I think that maybe part of it was consensual and part of it wasn't this, this, you know, sex. Mm-hmm. And then I think that something happened that caused either, either they, these three men. See, the thing that I find insane is that none of these men had any other issues where they maybe trap somebody into having sex. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there was nothing where like, oh, like no you know, one came he, forward and said like, yeah, hey, when yeah, Ward okay. moved to Florida, he wasn't arrested for like, you know, trying to kidnap a man and keep him in his basement or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it just makes me think that like, that maybe the sex was also part of the decoy. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe something happened where they were like, okay, we have to kill Robert, but we have to throw so many different things at it that make it confusing for people to be able to figure out what's going on. And we have to introduce so much evidence, so much random evidence that they're not going to understand. So they, maybe they drugged him, they used the milking machine or Ward just jacked him off and then, you know, went it went into his butthole, but then they <laughs> poked him, either poked him with a bunch of news first or before or after, and then they stabbed him. And then they came up with their story and they, you know, went from there. But yeah, I just, I feel like to me, my first theory, I still go back to my first theory. Of, like, this to me seems like, you know, those people who like kill somebody and then set their house on fire because yeah. they want the fire to be the thing that people focus on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Price is this lawyer. He's, he's a high powered lawyer. He, he knows, he understands what it takes. And so I honestly legitimately think that I don't necessarily think that Price was the one who maybe did the killing, mm-hmm. but I think he was the one who sort of mastermind the entire, you know, the the cover up and 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 getting everyone on the same page. I think I'm. I mean, yeah. yeah. It could I, just be just a simple, mm-hmm. you know, as sadistic as hell. It could just be these three men just were like, "Fuck it, dude. We want to fucking. We want we want to kill this guy. You know, like um, who knows? I think I think this is my true. This is based on the little that I know here. Is and I can't tell if it's consensual. The version where it's consensual and the version where it's not. But I'm going to go yeah. with the consensual version that maybe, like I told you, Robert Eric Wan and college friend Price had messed around. Probably college friend Price had shared this with uh, Masseuse Ward. So, because in, in the original story, uh, you know, um, Zaborski's asleep listening or watching Spike TV or something. And or the, Oh, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's, or he's like Project Runway or I don't remember what it was. And they're downstairs. And they Project Runway and Spike TV. Yeah. They start talking about old times and uh, Price, maybe Robert, Eric Wan, and Ward are kind of hitting it off. And he's probably like, I can give you a massage. And Price knows where this is going. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go to bed, guys, later. And Robert, Eric, Wan starts getting a massage from Ward. 
and Ward makes a move, and let's assume that Robert Eric Wan is at first okay with it, right? And then it goes a little farther than Robert Eric Wan wanted, or maybe he's like, hey, let's do more, and I'll give you this muscle relaxer, and then it goes wrong, or maybe... Um, yeah, maybe who knows what happened, but there's definitely something happening. And they can remember he was smothered. So I think what happens is, um, Price, I'm not sorry, not Price, Masseuse Ward suffocates him. And he's knocked out, but not dead. And so maybe to cover it up, he decides to stab him with that knife that we never find. And then, yeah, but I don't think he's smart enough to think of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I just, I, that's my opinion. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But then the smart thing is if Price comes in, sees what's happening, he's like, oh my God, we got to fix this, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they make it seem like an intruder, murder, blah, 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 blah. Um, I would present that in case by the in court, by the way, I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. And- see, the thing that <clears throat> pisses me, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No. And I think then they, then they did what you, they tried to as much as possible to obfuscate what happened and then price tells them this is the story never ever ever deviate from the story don't talk to them unless baba going on and on there are like weird other things that happen too like for instance uh after juan dies um kathy the wife calls a friend at the old law firm and is like he died and they're 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 talking it out and price knows him too and and that he knows that they spoke and price calls that mutual friend. And it's like, Oh, Hey, I heard you talk to Kathy. What did she say? Like I started poking around and the friends antennas go up and he claims attorney client privilege, even though he doesn't land up representing her. Well, that's where it gets interesting. The law firm decides he can't represent her because he's too close to the case. So they assign the case to future attorney general, Eric Holder. And he becomes the lead attorney, but then he has to leave because he becomes the attorney general. So, uh, so that's a change, uh, lawyers. But anyway, I, I just think this is a problem there. Um, all right. Any other final thoughts, Lori, before we get out of this episode? Yeah. I fully, I think we pretty much have the same theory for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the thing that fresh or that kind of pisses me off is that. You know, this man, the, the, this was his friend, mm-hmm. you know, this was his friend. And it's like, I just, to, to just treat somebody like that is just like somebody, your friend, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I, I just, I don't know. I just think that's terrible. Yeah. You know, this is, it, this is like, this is somebody that went to your wedding, yeah. you know, and, and you were friends with and, and you hung out and you, you had a birthday party for mm-hmm. and. You know that this wasn't just like some random fat guy that you do podcasts with or something like. <laughs> you know. well, but I think ultimately he is a Washington D.C. homosexual, and they are very narcissistic, uh, overly self-concerned men. They don't think about any of them but them but themselves. And I think this please act- uh, please send all complaints to the best of today at gmail dot com. <laughs> and I wait think, a second. <laughs> wait, I think that he. Um, he, this is an accidental death that he was like, and then all of a sudden he oh, switched sure. into like self survival mode and was like, fuck it, he's dead. And then we saw what happened. I 100% don't think that this was an, 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 
this was intentional. Yeah. Like, I mean, who knows? You never know. But I, I can't imagine that they were like, we're going to fucking kill this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, this was an accident, and then everything else is just the cover-up. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to leave it at that, Lori. Um, thank you so much. Next time there's another murder that I will not tell you what it is. Because All right. We'll do research, but I'll see you next time on Murder Tonight. We don't have a catchphrase. You did last time. What was it? Oh, uh, I got a new one. I just thought of this. Oh, what is it? Joe, you're killing me softly. <laughs>